0: Hello friends, family foes, and lurkers alike. This is your host, 4 Espresso, Daniel Minnick, and I have with me my sweet, beautiful wife and co-host, Chelsea. Sweetheart, thank you for doing another episode with me again.
2: Thanks for having
1: me.
0: Family's been kind of a little under the weather, and hoping that my voice holds up here as I think I'm starting to fight what they've been going through, the kids, and so... We'll do the best I can with my voice as we talk about another episode of court gesturing. And so in our little series on court gesturing, we did some on Supreme Court gesturing, and we did uh, one on federal court gesturing. And I was trying to figure out what to do next, but we had a crazy news week this last week, and it seemed fitting from some things that happened this last week that we can fit right in. Another case here that we can put under federal court gesturing.
2: Although I could argue that this one tops it all as far <laughs> as court gesturing. This was so mind-blowing to hear and see all the stuff that happened this last week it's just very interesting
0: yeah i think the term gesturing is kind of an understatement for this case but we will be generous and use the same term to keep it in our series so Mm -hmm. federal court gesturing and what we're going to cover with this is the plea deal that hunter biden was expected to enter in and things kind of took a strange turn so we're going to cover that and we're going to talk about Some of the things that led up to that So we'll see how we go through with this episode But we're expecting to have a two-parter with this So we'll give the background as to what's going on here With Hunter Biden, President Joe Biden's son And why did he have a federal investigation And why did he have a plea deal That he was ready, willing, and able to plead guilty to the charges And I think ultimately he ended up pleading not guilty Guilty, but I think he wishes he would have ended that hearing pleading guilty. That's what everyone wanted, but <laughs> we'll try to make sense of that. And so in the case of Hunter Biden here, as usual with our episodes in the series, I want to start off with some verses to lay the groundwork for the discussion here. So I'll bring up a verse, and Sweetheart, you want to bring up a verse too. And As we look at the life of Hunter Biden and his scandals, I want to bring up James 1.15 that says, Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. I think we could see the progression there that the scriptures talk about how if you let lust stay in your mind and you carry it out, it leads to greater and greater problems. And I think that aptly describes the saga of Hunter Biden.
2: That's a great verse. And it's interesting how many sins are kind of on that progression thing where you start off like oh, that was just a little lie, and then it leads to something bigger and bigger, and pretty soon, this verse says it ultimately leads to death. So, this is something that we need to take seriously, and I love going through the book of Proverbs because it's so instructional, and to me, it just seems so black and white. It's like, do this, don't do this, and it's just plain and simple as far as, like, very clear, I guess. In reading through Proverbs, I was like, there are so many verses in here and so much insight into all this drama with the Biden family that there are so many verses I felt like really could apply to them. But the one that stood out the most, I think, was Proverbs 17, verse 23. It says, a wicked man accepts a bribe behind the back to pervert the ways of justice.
0: Wow that's a very excellent find there sweetheart (laughs) because it does describe very much what we will see in the timeline.
2: And I think that verse applies not only to Hunter Biden there's just a lot of corruption going on in our world right now and you see a lot of it with bribes like Planned Parenthood bribing other people or certain political parties and stuff and you just constantly see this bribery like trying to win people over or make things happen a certain way not giving people full information or hiding information and just a lot of that is going on right now hence our kind of large series on court gesturing like (laughs) What year have you ever seen so many crazy court cases like this <laughs> that we could do a whole series like this in?
0: Definitely. When it comes to Hunter Biden and, by extension, more Bidens. <laughs> So, Hunter Biden's plea deal involves both drug, alcohol, gun issues, and ultimately tax issues. Now, of course, as we look at the failure to pay federal income taxes, we'll see that there's a lot that the powers that be want to hide behind that. The real crime, you know, is the misdemeanor crimes that he just didn't pay taxes, but then a lot of us are kind of asking the question taxes on what (laughs) that's what they don't want to say but since the plea deal has to do with two separate issues basically the felony charge was that he unlawfully possessed or owned a gun when he was addicted to drugs and alcohol That's the felony that they basically want to make where it wouldn't have much consequences. And then the other one is the tax evasion, which basically is just, well, pay the missing taxes. And allegedly he had already done that. So, yes, this plea deal was basically to let him skate free. So the first issue, the drug, alcohol, and gun issues, starts off our story in 2014 where hunter biden was serving in the navy but eventually as they have to test their members there to make sure that they're not addicted to illicit substances because you can't properly serve and take orders and so on like that if you're addicted to things and since hunter biden tested positive for cocaine when they do regular testing on service members there they had to discharge him from the navy and so i suspect that this wasn't just a one-time thing at the time i think he has done it even before that time but the narrative when it comes to hunter biden normally is things that follow afterwards is a certain time frame where as we'll get into the narrative is that it's grieving the loss of family that got him really into trouble and that he's doing better since then so stop kicking someone when he's down.
2: So our next timeline for the Hunter Biden saga is on May 30th of 2015. Unfortunately, Hunter, he had a brother, Beau, who served in Iraq, ended up dying from a brain tumor, and they think that there's possibility he was exposed to some sort of toxin from burn pits in Iraq, and that's maybe what caused the tumor and the cancer, I know we were talking a little bit about this before because I didn't quite understand much of this story that, unfortunately, Joe Biden kind of mixes the story up and tries to say that his son died in Iraq, almost as if he had died a fallen soldier, but that's not accurate. He died when he was back in the States as a result of the cancer in his brain. So that has to be a very sad and traumatic thing for that family to go through and especially I think when you are not saved you don't have that hope in Jesus Christ that things like that can tear a family apart and I think that it's very sad that they had to go through that and that instead of that tragedy helping them come to Christ and coming to find that comfort instead it pushed them more towards their substance abuse and we'll kind of see that progressing and going along in the timeline here with Hunter.
0: And I know of course with the uh, burn pits thing, that's when you've heard uh, Joe Biden, you know, in the state of the union speech in 2022 and also in 2023, he's talked about burn pits a lot. And if you don't know the story about Bo Biden, you know, you have to wonder like what's his obsession with burn pits. Well, this is what makes him think about that a lot. now, the next year, in 2016, so the year after, Hunter's brother Beau died. Hunter began kind of a turbulent affair with Beau's widow, Hallie Biden. Now, of course, you would kind of want to criticize Hunter for doing that. It's like she might be grieving over the loss of her husband, and then he's quick to jump into some kind of freaked out, turbulent affair with Her And this certainly didn't help Hunter's strained relationship with his wife, Kathleen Bula. Their relationship had been strained for a while because it was already suffering from Hunter's rampant addiction to alcohol and drugs and paid services with foreign women. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not going to use some terms, but so while Hunter was still legally married to his first wife there, he had this fling with Bo's widow, Hallie. So that's, you know, kind of bad optics there, I think.
2: So ultimately, which kind of makes sense, Kathleen filed for a divorce in December of 2016. However, it wasn't finalized until April of 2017. Hunter's fling with Hallie apparently lasted until the summer of 2018 when Hunter demanded that Haley get tested for HIV, which is kind of odd. Why would he want her to get tested for HIV and not have himself tested? Because he was probably at a greater risk for it with his lifestyle of drugs and inappropriate relations with other people, so
0: yeah it could be that perhaps he wanted her to take the hit by having her test for it somehow but i don't know how that would work you know i'm not medically knowledgeable enough about how that would work but yeah he was pretty harsh on her to get you know like i would read a little bit of some of the text messages that were i think recovered from his laptop some news articles that would show some of the the conversation that hunter had with hallie here and then also what he had when we get to the gun part (laughs) Mm -hmm. so during 2018 hunter also had his brief affair i'm guessing this was kind of while things were getting strained between him and hallie then he ended up with his brief affair with london roberts And if you've heard of this, this is the child support case recently where Hunter was trying to avoid having to pay, I think it was about $20,000 a month in child support. (laughs) And he wanted it reduced and was claiming to be poor and how his lawyer said he had to sleep on a cot while he was with his dad in their trip to Ireland and all kinds of weird excuses like that where Hunter does live the high life and so Hunter had his brief affair with London Roberts, and during that time, eventually she gave birth to their now, as of this recording, four-year-old daughter, Navy Joan Roberts. And if you kept up with the child support case... Roberts wanted to legally obtain the last name for uh, her daughter there because it could have enough leverage or even, you know, a way to benefit her in some ways. You know, if you think that's possible, but Hunter's side fought to make sure that she couldn't legally carry the last name Biden and ended up giving her (laughs) some of his artwork, which we'll talk about is kind of like here. Isn't this worth something? You know, you could have some of his artwork. Oh my
2: goodness. Okay, so moving ahead, we come to October 12th of 2018, where Hunter allegedly lied on an ATF-4473 form to buy a thirty eight Special Revolver. It's a felony to possess or purchase a firearm while under the influence of controlled substances or within a year of having been so. The penalty of that is 5 to 10 years in prison. In fact, his father, Joe Biden himself, signed the bipartisan Safer Communities Act in June of 22, in which the same offense could be extended to 15 years in prison. So he was definitely looking at some serious prison time, but that never happened. And isn't it, I don't know if it would be a felony, but isn't that also not good to lie on your form for that?
0: Oh, yeah, because that's... What it is, it's a felony because you had to be truthful about you're not under the influence of illicit substances in order to purchase a firearm. The form asks you that, and Hunter said no, and he clearly was. I think there's photos from his laptop about him with his crack cocaine and stuff during the time where he got the gun.
2: So I was thinking that they did a background check on you. And if he was dismissed from the Navy earlier because of positive drug screening, wouldn't that come up on a background screening?
0: Hmm. One would think, but who knows how, you know, if someone like Hunter was able to get around some things. I don't know (laughs) how that all worked, but what's interesting about this case is that his own dad made stricter penalties for what his son did and yet it's like well we can't throw the book at his son like oh yeah he gets a special exemption from the penalties that he thinks is making communities safer
2: but isn't this, like, such a good example of, like, you do one little lie on that form and then it turns into this huge thing? Like, I mean, just how important it is to think about consequences and think about, all right. we need to always have truth come out and... Yeah, just like one cover up after another because he lied on this and then you have to lie about this and it's just that huge web that develops from all of this and
0: be sure your sin will find you out. And Mm. yes, one lie leads a small lie leads to a bigger lie leads to a bigger lie. And in, in this case, it did explode i guess no pun intended having to do with the gun but (laughs) (laughs) so now october 23rd 2018 11 days later hallie found out about the gun that hunter had purchased and she secretly threw it in a trash can behind a grocery store that was near a high school later that day hallie told hunter what she did Who knows, possibly because Hunter found out, well, where's my gun? Hunter was quite livid at her and he demanded that she get the gun back. Then there was a heated text message exchange between Hunter and Hallie over this that was found on Hunter's laptop later, as the laptop was discovered by the New York Post in October 2020 and. There's a lot of information on that laptop that keeps getting leaked out and stuff. And I looked at some of the text message exchange between Hunter and Hallie over the gun issue. <laughs> well, he was quite angry with her. Like he said stuff like, "Now there's going to be like record of me doing this, uh, you know, with the FBI. How am I supposed to recover from this?" And yeah, and she's trying to say things like, "Well, I did it because I loved you," and I, and he's like, "What? You don't." trust me type of thing, you know. I can't remember exactly what they said, but yeah, he was not happy because of the consequences of this legally. Andrew Rappaport's Rap Report is a
1: podcast providing biblical interpretations and applications. It is a ministry of striving for eternity and part of the Christian podcast community. We provide a biblical view of cultural events, discuss how to apply God's Word to the Christian life, address issues that concern the church, and we even take some time to offer a correct understanding of those commonly misinterpreted passages of Scripture. You will hear from great guests like Justin Peters, Todd Friel, J. Warren Wallace, and Gabe Andrew has the Rap Report Daily, which is a two-minute Monday through Friday podcast, and then the longer Rap Report podcast for more content. Subscribe to both today by searching for Rap Report on any podcast app, spelled R-A-P-P, Report, or click the podcast link at
0: strivingforeternity.org. So when Hallie went to the same trash can where she discarded the gun, she couldn't find it in the trash. So she told the store manager there that there was a gun there, and the store manager told the police. So then police uh, came, and of course now the police have to talk with both Hallie and Hunter, according to Hallie's story here. As the police were questioning Hallie and Hunter Biden about it, at the same time, Secret Service agents arrived at the gun shop and demanded that the gun shop owner turn over the paperwork of the sale. Now, the gun shop owner thought this was kind of suspicious. Like, it seemed to him that the Secret Service were trying to cover up something. So, the owner refused And then the next day, he turned the paperwork over to the ATF, you know, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. He figured Secret Service here feels kind of like a men in black type of incident, but it's like, all right, I want to turn the sale paperwork over to the correct people. Maybe the ATF are the ones who should have this. The Secret Service, when asked about this, according to hearsay about it, they deny that this interrogation incident happened. Now, a few days later, a grocery store worker who frequently searches the trash to separate out some recyclables happened to find the gun there. So it was still there and then turned it in to police.
2: That's so weird. I don't know. I never fully understood the story. I thought Hunter was the one that threw it in the trash because he was trying to hide it. (laughs) <laughs> well, I, didn't realize that. I think he
0: was so much under the influence of drugs that he uh, and Hallie was concerned probably about like, OK, you have no business with a firearm here since you're so out of it. You know, she was probably like what if he gets mad and shoots me what if he gets mad and shoots my kids and hunter was kind of angry at her for even thinking that that was a possibility
2: and then how do you have her the store manager and i'm guessing the police would have been looking for it in the <laughs> trash too like, yeah all these different groups of people looking in the trash can't find the gun and then all of a sudden the next day they find it
0: Yeah, so Hallie was looking, I don't, I'm guessing she probably looked into it and didn't want to really soil herself too much digging in. That's what I have to guess, and it's like, okay, I don't see it where I put it here, so it must be gone, because she might be wondering, like, what kind of trouble could I get into if I'm dumpster diving here, you know?
2: What about the police? Like, yeah. they would have to do a thorough look into that to make sure they didn't miss it. Somehow. Yeah. So I could
0: only guess that the police probably got told, you know, from higher powers, leave it alone until we figured out, you know, something. Mm-hmm. That's all I could do to try to make sense of things as to why it took a few days before a store worker got the gun. You'd think that the Secret Service would be all over that, but very strange
2: so, our next thing on our timeline is May 16th of 2019. Hunter married his now current wife, Melissa Cohen, in her apartment only six days after meeting her. Allegedly, his current wife has successfully kept him sober
0: so basically it was like he struck gold here with this woman (laughs) okay he meets her and it's like oh wow she can turn my life around right i better marry her (laughs) yeah and i think this part becomes important to the narrative about hunter that they've got to make certain that the public believes that she has from day one here successfully kept him sober
2: this encounter reminds me of Frozen.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: you mean you're going to marry a man you just
0: met? <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Someone ought, ought to make a meme of that. You know, hey, any of our listeners who are good at memes, perhaps you can make a, a meme out of that using Anna and Kristoff there, their conversation, and <laughs> and apply it to Hunter and Melissa Cohen. So that is kind of the timeline there for the gun and the drug and alcohol issues. And so now the other, the charges are smaller, but it's, I think it's the biggest issue of all is the tax evasion issues. And it's like, I almost want to put it in a mountain of scare quotes.
2: <laughs> Isn't there the saying like, follow the money? Oh
0: yeah, for sure. And this is the big follow the money thing here.
2: Or the Bible verse. The love of money is the root of all evil.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. In this case with the Biden family, there's certainly a lot of love of money and all kinds of evil. <laughs> mm-hmm. So with the tax evasion issues, the mainstream narrative seems to be that Hunter Biden, you know, has some skills as a, a lawyer you know, went to law school, and that he's an artist who just so happens to be worth all the money he made, you know, like he did do an art display, and I think it was 2021. If I I read about it, I just didn't put that in the notes, but he got addicted to drugs and alcohol because he was grieving the death of his brother Bo, so basically the narrative that you're supposed to think about Hunter is that So from 2015 to 2019, Hunter kind of understandably acted rogue while under the influence because of the death of his brother, Beau. And in 2019, he started to get sober and pull his life back together due to his wonderful new wife. So pleading guilty to the tax charges and a felony gun charge is then Hunter being willing to admit his mistakes and that everyone should have compassion on him for what he went through, but to excuse him because he's turned over a new leaf. He's doing the best he can and we shouldn't be kicking someone when he's down. And it's normal for a lenient plea deal for first and likely only offenses. I mean, that does happen sometimes. Like, okay, there could be harsh penalties for some federal crimes, but if it's like, okay, you only did it once, it's a one off thing, and you demonstrate there's no likelihood you'd ever do it again, and it's like, okay, well, we can reduce the penalties because, you know, this is not who you are, kind of thing. So those who are pressing for investigations into influence peddling are in fact pushing conspiracy theories and are trying to exploit a disturbed son primarily to get at his president father. For political reasons like the 2024 election and stuff so that's really what this is all about supposedly and that we're not talking about real crimes here uh, corruption that's just an excuse to prevent the incumbent president from winning a second term and to put the orange man bad back in office
2: wasn't Kamala Harris even going on a kind of campaign of talking about how substance abuse should actually be considered like a disease? Like, people just can't help themselves mm. if they're addicted to something, and we need to, like, it's a healthcare issue. We need to address it with free healthcare access to helping people that just are drawn to drugs and alcohol like they can't stop it like it's some sort of disease is how she's yeah. trying to explain it
0: because there's really no crime everything's healthcare, so that everything is something that we need to tax and spend on and of course it seems like part of that health care is also to set up vending machines for you know crack pipes in New York and California
2: Next, in April 2014, Hunter joined the board of Ukrainian oil and gas investment company, Burisma Holdings.
0: Hmm. (laughs) Sounds suspicious. (laughs) Yeah, and of course... There's the talk about how Hunter, you know, like, where's his expertise in the energy field? And, you know, he claimed like, well, I remember, you know, he would answer that by saying, well, it's not that I have expert in energy per se. I'm an expert with my law school training and legal counseling. And so that's why he was put in a prestigious position to be on the board of the Ukrainian company Burisma Holdings. And also, I think around that time, Burisma, I don't have it in our notes, but I think Burisma was talking about basically purchasing a U.S. energy company. And so, yeah, we see this Ukraine united states type of thing as to why possibly hunter and his dad were involved in ukraine businesses and of course as we go through some of this it isn't just ukraine it was several other foreign countries that they had business deals with so then in march 2015 almost a year later hunter sets up a business dinner in Washington, D.C., at a restaurant where he invites Vadim Posharsky, the CEO of Burisma, and he has his father Joe meet him. So it's kind of like, okay, Hunter goes on the board there, and now it's like, let's bring him to a dinner in Washington, D.C., where his vice president dad is. And it's like, okay, dad, come on, you got to meet this guy.
2: And if I remember right, doesn't Biden deny any Mm. (laughs) (laughs) association or knowledge or interaction with Hunter and political
0: foreign business dealings Um, yeah. yeah he's denied that almost every time he's questioned of course some of the terminology that's used uh changes you know where it's like before he'd say i'd never talked about business dealings with my son i didn't know about it or i've never talked about it now recently you know his press secretary corinne jean pierre says his father has never been in business with Hunter. And of course you can interpret that in different ways. Cause Joe could be a secondary recipient of, or someone who's indirectly involved in some way, but like, how do you interpret in business with, you know, that's how they got to change it from talked with or knowledge of and stuff.
2: So in September 28th of 2015, then Vice President Joe Biden invited the Romanian president to the White House to talk about how they were helping fight corruption in Romania. Toward the end of the year, the Biden family received over $1 million from Romania. The total money to the Bidens from Romania is over $3 million. <laughs>
0: yeah so, according to the House Oversight Committee that provide this information, they provide a timeline, so I'll link to that in the show notes. yeah, it's interesting how Vice President Joe Biden, while having the President of Romania there, talked about they're fighting corruption there while it seems like they're starting or being involved in corruption there you know mm-hmm. it's like physician, heal thyself. <laughs> So now, November 2nd, 2015, so a few months later, Burisma CEO Posharsky asked for U.S. officials to talk with him, the company owner, Mikula Zlochevsky, and Ukraine President Petro Poroshenko about Prosecutor General Viktor Shokin's investigations of corruption at Burisma. So this is the infamous time where Joe Biden himself admitted on a video that perhaps you've seen played it's gone viral recently where he threatened to remove U.S. congressional funding to Ukraine if the president of Ukraine didn't fire the prosecutor. And it resulted in Proshenko hastily arranging to have Shokin fired from the government, which eventually happened next year. He, they wanted to get the promise, you will fire him. And then by early next year, it ended up happening. You know, and that's where Joe Biden would say, beep, he got fired.
2: So now we're Moving into the year 2016, February 4th of 2016, the Burisma president, Mikola Zlachevsky, gives Hunter Biden a lavish birthday gift. (laughs) gifts gifts yeah (laughs) so many
0: so yeah Burisma president it's like okay Hunter Bynes on the board there it's like happy birthday Hunter here have some really fancy schmancy stuff here oh thank you there's nothing corrupt about that he's just giving me these fancy birthday gifts
2: which is interesting I wonder if it works in politics like this or not but I know like at hospitals working as a nurse. If a patient or their family wants to give you a gift, you're only allowed to accept something that's like I forget if it's like ten dollars or less or fifteen dollars or less. Hmm. Like you're not allowed to accept things that are of greater value than that. Well wouldn't you think this is Ukraine?
0: (laughs) (laughs) This isn't the United States (laughs) or
2: But still, like, okay, if you're the president or the president's son in the U.S., they could say, oh, we're not allowed to accept <laughs> such lavish presents or something. Like, yeah. you would think there would be some sort of limit on that because otherwise it's totally a bribe. Like
0: One would think, unless it really is a bribe. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, so I followed the timeline and tried to count up these events in the timeline that the House Oversight Committee had referring to Robinson Walker LLC. And this date, Robertson Walker LLC wires, whether it's Hunter Biden's Owasco PC, which was a shell company he created, or like wires money to Hallie Biden, wires money to some other Biden unknown account, right? Now, but I went through and counted up how many times it mentioned starting in early 2016 and then through 2017. Robinson Walker LLC Wires hunted. 100- biden's oasco pc and other biden related accounts various amounts of money from tens of thousands of dollars to hundreds of thousands of dollars in some wires a total of at least 30 times (laughs) and sometimes the wires came from an account in romania and sometimes they came from an account in china but these were all under robinson walker llc but there's nothing suspicious at all about that and what all this money was for, right? It was just legal services, right? <laughs> <laughs> or maybe some artwork. <laughs> Who knows what it was like. It makes one wonder what exactly did Hunter Biden actually provide them that was worth all this.
2: Have you seen his artwork?
0: Yeah, I actually did. I was, I was putting notes and yeah, it's it's pretty interesting
2: (laughs) (laughs) i'm like i really don't think he made a bunch of money off of that
0: Uh, oh yeah well he did make some money Uh but you know that brings into question who the buyers were and why did they buy it And was it really about selling art, or was there something attached to that art?
2: Ah, maybe he used gold paper or gold paint.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I don't think it was any of the materials in the art. I think the art was leverage for something else. Ah,
2: Hmm. It's kind of like a mystery.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Unraveling this. This is why we're going through the timeline because it's just important to know some of the background and kind of what's going on. And I know we've talked about this too, babe, like some of us here are like... This is really happening. People are really doing this or saying this because it seems like so extreme to Mm -hmm. our imagination that someone can be so evil in their plotting and so detailed in how they do it.
0: Because it starts off smaller and things grow because it's like you give an inch. Okay, I, I got away with this hey, I can get away with that. And then things grow and grow from there. So it makes you wonder just how many people are doing this kind of stuff that we haven't discovered yet. Unbelievers now have no excuse
1: to misinterpret the Bible like they ever did. Interpreting the Bible has never been easier or less expensive. Get your copy of what does it mean to me? This teaches and demonstrates the importance of biblical interpretation. Proper biblical interpretation is the difference between truth and error, life and death, heaven and hell. This is created for your sinners, that's your Christians in name only. Readers will stop asking, what does this mean to me? and start asking, what does it mean? Get your copy of What Does It Mean to Me at trackplanet.com or on amazon.com today. You want to get this before it's too late.
2: So in March of 2017, about two months after the Trump administration began, the Chinese company State Energy, HK Limited, wired $3 million to the same account used for the Romanian money. Afterwards, over a three-month period, various Biden family accounts received an additional $1 million plus. The Chinese Communist Party owned an energy company called CEFC, where they gave Hunter Biden a diamond worth about $80,000.
0: That's quite a rock.
2: Yeah, my goodness. During the summer of 2017, the CEFC and the Bidens created a joint venture, Hudson West III. This is the time frame when Hunter sent the infamous shakedown WhatsApp message that soon resulted in another $5 million to the Bidens and various wires of $100,000. So the total money from China is about over eight million (laughs) dollars.
0: I'm sure it's all from like very valuable legal counseling, right, for these energy companies. (laughs) Like,
2: what kind of legal? We're in the wrong business. Yeah, (laughs) 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 legal counseling. Like, you get a diamond worth eighty thousand (laughs) dollars. Oh goodness. It's because he's lying and stealing and living a life that's totally against what the Bible tells us to do. And it's just sad to see him destroying not only his life, but other people's lives too. It's not something... Like his lifestyle isn't just affecting him. Like the drugs isn't just affecting him. It's making him affect his family and it's making it affect the entire USA. Yeah. And the world. Yeah, the world
0: too. You know, other countries too. Because. think of all the politics dealing with russia and ukraine right now the war there i think it remains to be seen just how much the biden family influence that could even have resulted in the reason putin invaded ukraine we just don't know like i don't want to be a conspiracy theorist but it could remain to be seen just how much you know it might have at least been a factor like who knows there and then of course you know with the dealings with china you wonder how much the policies that president joe biden eagerly pushes in this country and how much his handlers if they're involved could they be doing the bidding of the chinese communist party to try to weaken the united states you know trying to get us off fossil fuels trying to pass policies that are destructive to the military that kind of stuff that seems like they're fighting for leftist civil rights and all that like could there be anything to do with telling their friends in China like yep we're destroying our military and we're making bank off of it and we're living the high life and the Chinese people are laughing about it like yeah these American politicians are so corrupt we can buy them for anything They'll sell their countries and their souls. So now June 20th, 2020, this is when the FBI's unclassified FD-1023 form Happened, which mentions five million dollars to one biden which was hunter and five million dollars to another unnamed one which we know it it's joe there's no getting around that and this form is also the one that you know there's a lot of legal wrangling with the house oversight committee to get the fbi to turn it over and first there was like All right, you can have the two chairmen, the House and the Senate, to go look at the form, look at a very redacted version of it. Then ultimately, okay, if the House was still pressing for FBI Director Christopher Wray for contempt of Congress, if he didn't turn it over, then it's like, okay, well, we'll let other House members on the committee go look at the form in a secure location. We just can't turn it over because it has sensitive information and contacts we don't want to let out ultimately we found out that chuck grassley had the form all this time so he knew what they were censoring and there's stuff about that burisma ceo said that his dog is smarter than hunter he thought hunter was like really dumb and stuff and so then it also makes you wonder like that becomes a factor is like well why was hunter paid so much money if the ceo really thought he was as dumb as a rock (laughs) (laughs) That was part of that was redacted and the claim that it was sensitive contact information.
2: (laughs) So far, records from six banks have shown that there's over 170 suspicious activity reports, or they call it SARS, related to Biden family accounts. All this to say that we're not supposed to believe anything illegal or suspicious has happened. Hunter simply made some millions of dollars, and he forgot to pay taxes on about $1.2 million.
0: <laughs> So, yeah, we walked through a timeline of some of the foreign business deals that have been going on. But, yeah, just like the Wizard of Oz, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain here. The real charges against Hunter Biden are two misdemeanor charges for failure to pay taxes on his income. And, of course, you know, to ask, well, income for what? That's not allowed to be asked. It's just, hey, he's good at the law and he's good at art. And so (laughs) he's just a natural at making millions of dollars because people love his art and he's really good at energy or something. (laughs) Helping foreign energy companies just do better and stuff.
2: (laughs) So he was called out by the, was it the Chinese person that said he was really
0: non-intelligent? That was the CEO of Burisma, the Ukrainian energy company.
2: (laughs) All right. So the CEO of Burisma said that he's not very smart. (laughs) That Hunter's not very smart then how is he making so much money being a lawyer? Because you have to be pretty smart. Yeah,
0: you would think. But we didn't know that till recently. That's one thing they really didn't want us to know. But eventually it got out from that FD-1023 form. So now we get to Thursday, June 22nd, 2023, which was over a month ago as of this recording. This is when the DOJ offered Hunter Biden a sweetheart plea deal, as its critics have called it. So basically, if Hunter Biden pleads guilty to two misdemeanor charges for tax evasion, uh, one felony charge of illegally possessing a firearm, then the only penalties would be paying back the taxes. and to pay the delinquent taxes and avoid penalties, Hunter has already handled that. He allegedly borrowed about two million dollars from Hollywood attorney Kevin Morris, who may be funding his backroom lifestyle, you know helping pay for rent and helping him structure his art sales. And so, yeah, he's already paid the taxes, and we don't have to worry about that. And so now the felony charge for the gun purchase and possession would be dropped if he just went on probation for two years. And he, during that time, he had to prove that he abstained from alcohol and drugs and submitted to periodic drug tests. Now, that can be somewhat common for things like, okay, you're under the influence, you might get a plea deal for that, but... I think that becomes important because they want to do the probation. And of course, it's standard that like, well, when you're on probation, you have to prove that you're a sober person during that time. And I think Hunter's alleged sobriety, you know, as we go through the web of all this, I think Hunter's alleged sobriety is key to succeeding with his plea deal, which I think when things were coming up that would put that in jeopardy, you know, as we'll see in the next episode, it's like, ah his attorneys went berserk and it also makes me wonder when we had the cocaine gate scandal why did it happen the way it did why was it an 11-day investigation of the secret service basically said hey we can't figure out who this belonged to we can't find any fingerprints on the bag or in the cubby where it was and then eventually they burned it they burned the evidence away and said well i guess we'll never find out who is it is that doesn't Prove that it's Hunter's, but it really makes you wonder, and I think there's a strong chance that it was, otherwise they might have handled it differently, because everything rests on Hunter proving that since 2019, when he married his now wife, he has been successfully sober since. And because he has to be sober for them to succeed with the plea deal and the probation and the plea deal is key. As we'll see in the next episode, the trickery that his attorneys tried to basically sneak this agreement. That's not part of the plea deal, the diversion agreement and hope that the judge didn't focus and ask questions about it. That was about that. This plea deal would ultimately end the investigation into hunter biden so hey sign the plea deal go through the probation we gotta prove that you're sober and this helps you get the plea deal And the plea deal gives them an excuse to end the investigation into Hunter Biden. And that would help them cover up the money laundering and the influence peddling. And then ultimately putting the lid on investigations into Hunter Biden is key to keeping President Joe Biden out of trouble. (laughs) So all this, I think, rests on making sure that the public believes that Hunter Biden has been sober since 2019. So if it was his cocaine in the White House you know we've got to burn it and say there's no way we could solve this and um, we've got to make sure that not only has he been sober we've got to make sure that we guarantee he would be sober at least until the plea deal is accepted by the judge so that has to happen and nothing else has to come up which would jeopardize it but we'll see that things happened where the plea deal hearing didn't quite go the way his attorneys and even the government on the other side this was definitely collusion between the two sides and they all didn't really quite get what they wanted there so the same day pretty much right after the plea deal it was all you know when the plea deal between the two sides was concocted that would make hunter basically skate off without much of a penalty and at the time they expected to hey, if both sides come up with a plea deal, why wouldn't the judge sign off on it so we've solved all the problems? That made a lot of people quite happy at the time in June. And so the White House state dinner with the Indian Prime Minister and about 400 people attended. And Hunter Biden was there and he was quite happy, shaking hands and smiling. And also his uncle James Biden, Joe Biden's brother, and also a business partner of Hunter Biden's and also... Attorney General Merrick Garland also attended this, which really raised some red flags because he was the one who was leading the investigation into Hunter Biden's federal crime. So, you'd think it would be strange to have this dinner and have your accuser fellowshipping with you and, you know, all happy with you at this dinner after you're having this plea deal to plead guilty to things. And, yeah. <laughs>
2: Definitely a conflict of interest. Oh, yeah, goodness. for
0: sure. <laughs> and so that will bring us to the end of this episode of Truth Espresso. And so you don't want to miss the next episode of Truth Espresso, where we do part two of the hunter biden plea deal saga and get into the plea deal hearing and some of the antics the day before and what happened during the hearing and it's pretty entertaining there's some humor involved there and so definitely stay tuned and god bless